general nerdery. So we fucked up. Let's just I'll, dive in right here. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I fucked up. <laughs> I was going to let you get away with it. Um, I, I, <laughs> I prepared for the wrong show. Yep. So, like, I have werewolf by night knowledge going on in my head right now. Not JLA. Uh, yeah. So, uh, which is quite the difference. Yes. Right side, it means that you read some pretty baller comic books. Yeah, but no, we'll they be were talking great. about it next week on a different <laughs> show. Uh, real quick, welcome to General Nerdery, your podcast about liking things. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. Uh, but this does give us kind of an opportunity to do something that we've been kind of tossing around. Because we've started setting up a backlog of episodes on General Nerdery, because it's nice to be able to have something go catastrophically wrong and not completely mess up our schedule, because 2023 has taught us mm-hmm. this, uh, we were not sure what to do with trailers, because... They, They're more timely than the other things. Yeah, exactly. It, we were already being like, now we're going to talk about trailer from two weeks ago, and it's coming out. This episode's coming out in a week. <laughs> I I will have seen this movie by the time this episode Which drops. I believe is coming up in one of these. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so also, and just a way to get you more content, we are going to start separating trailers out to their own thing their own little thing so hopefully every week we will be dropping trailers we might have people in with us if there's someone else from a different show or for whatever but you know we'll get you more episodes this way and that'll generally be mostly just the trailer talk i would say Mm -hmm. although this time i think we're going to hit a little bit of like what we've been ingesting as well no we have time today yeah so uh (laughs) Yeah, let's. I guess let's start with that. What have we been ingesting other than just so much fucking Marvel Snap? But also we can talk about that. So I'm going to start, just because you mentioned it, I'm going to start <laughs> with Marvel Snap because I did hit Infinite last season. And the, the season's just changed. So that's been since the last time we... So, okay, I'm, I'm I know still a rookie on this game. I'm not 100% sure what Infinite means, and I don't remember what last season was. It was like Captain Marvel... Or, uh, no, because it was... Um, uh, last season was Hitmonkey. Oh, okay, that's right. Right? They kept offering me a yes. Hitmonkey, so yes. Yes. Um, so it that stuff doesn't matter as much until you get to pool three. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where the cutoffs in the collection level are for the pools. But basically, pool one is like collection level zero through like 400 or something like that. And in that time... Uh, you're guaranteed to get like these Certain like cards. 70 cards or whatever. It's not that many. It's like these 40 cards. It's just a random order. Mm-hmm. Pool two is the same thing, except it's like 27 cards. When you get to pool three, that's when the meta really opens up and they start tracking a lot of other things. There's collector's tokens and all sorts of things. Uh, you're not guaranteed a card every like 12 levels. Instead, you get a collector's cachet, which could be a card. Could be a variant, could be a title, could be an avatar, could be gold, could be credits. I really like getting the cards, but also I understand that at some point there's, we only have so many goddamn cards in this game. And the the thing is, like, it's when you do get a card, it's most likely that it's going to be from pool three. But you also have a small chance of getting like a higher series card that normally you'd have to pay for. Case in point, this morning I pulled a Shadow King. Normally you'd have to pay like 5,000 collector's tokens for him. I didn't have to, because I just pulled him. Yeah. It's at that point that you really, like, 
the the goal of the game is also to sort of you don't you don't have to pay a lot of attention to it, but there is like a rank system that you mm-hmm. go up every season. I think you can go up it earlier, but it's just very unlikely that you're going to rise very high in ranks until you have some of those later cards. And the top is infinite. Once you hit infinite, you can't drop below infinite um, until the next season when uh, everyone drops 30 when the next season starts. So you'd start at 70 rather than at 100. And that's the nice part. Like I mostly hit infinite so that when this season started, I automatically had the mystery variant unlocked that you get unlock at 60. Okay, so, that's cool. And I'm probably going to do the same thing this season, is grind it out just so that I only drop that 30, and then I'm already most of the way up the ladder. I haven't worried about variants yet. I think I've picked up one or two just because, like, have this. I mean, now but, that I have a couple decks that I love, I kind of want to trick them out. You know what I mean? That makes sense, yeah. Like, I'm saving up my gold right now for a variant bundle that drops at the end of the month so I can get Venomized Lady Sif. Because it is gorgeous. Um, and I use Lady Sif a ton because my main deck is my discard deck. Well, so. and you've shown me some Peach Momoko stuff, and I will cut a bitch for Peach Momoko art, so... <sighs> the Peach Momoko Null is so good. Yep. And I don't usually give a shit about Null, that drow-looking motherfucker. Um. Even better is the Peach Momoko Moon Knight. Ooh. And the Peach Momoko Mystique is... She's got a flair with X-Men. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, beyond all the Marvel Snap, it has been a lot of Snap. Um, I watched the first two episodes of Unicorn Warriors Eternal. Ooh. I really want to really see good. That. Oh, my God. Um, don't know when we're doing an episode. This year, we will do an episode on this fucking show. I'm so... It, the, the closer I get to it, the more excited I get about it. It is really good. What is it streaming on again? HBO. Hell yeah, I have that. I mean, you have that and gave it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Really enjoying it so far. It's kind of everything we were talking about. Yeah, man. It looks fucking wild. (laughs) Gendy is still just a master of telling a lot of story with very little. There's still, much like much a lot of other Gendy projects, not all of them, but a lot of others, uh, minimal talking, I would say. Just enough to get by and just enough to make things feel like let's do nothing but talk. But Uh it's like just enough to make it feel normal and natural, like people are interacting with each other. But there's Mm -hmm. a lot of storytelling being told just by visuals. I was thinking about this because my friend Joe, who listens to the show, was talking about about watching the the first two episodes of this show. And um, Gimdi Tartavosky is one of those names that's not super well known if you are not fucking weirdos like us but in the world of fucking weirdos like us he might be the most respected name in like american animation at this point absolutely i mean maybe matt gronig and it's been a while since gronig has done stuff that people care about too much but he also created futurama and the simpsons so like whatever you think of what has happened to the simpsons he has a a place in the like eternal and uh Maybe the Avatar guys, but I don't know their names. So, like, that one, I mean, they're fucking great. Don't Yeah, they're wrong, great, but, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. No, I'm I'm loving it so far. I don't want to say too much until you've seen more of it, until there's more to say it, because it's two episodes in. Oh, we will watch it. We will watch <laughs> it. Um, to go along with that, I also watched all of the new Visions. Ooh, I think I'm doing that tonight. 
I think I dug this entire season better than the last season. I don't know. The duel in that first season is still really strong. But That's the first episode mm-hmm. that's mostly Grayskull. That's a hard one to beat, and you know that they knew that because they released a fucking novel in that world. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of these ones, I hope they find ways to continue the stories. Mm-hmm. Somehow the one... And it's not, it wasn't bad by any means, but somehow the one that was least interesting was the, the Wallace and Gromit studio one. Okay. I can kind of see how, because the animation on all the others look fucking wild. That one I just want to watch because I like Nick Ardman. I can't believe they fucking got the voice actor from Wedge Antilles, like the actual actor, to come play West, Wedge Antilles in their fucking Wallace and Gromit Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, and not that it was bad, but that was probably overall the least interesting to me. I will say I've already seen this opinion come up a few times and I get where it's coming from. I really get where it's coming from. I do think it's riding the line, but I think it's a little bit more nuanced than what it's being made out to be. But this season is a little bit like mm, dark sides kind of okay. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like the season and a couple of episodes are a little bit more like it's not as black and white as you want it to be, but you still have to strive for the light. Well, I mean, my wife will give a long dissertation about how she thinks the Jedi should be disbanded and go with the uh, something more like the Jedi from the Dawn of the Jedi comics, mm-hmm. which is like the precursor, which was all about balance using both, which is really what Rise of Skywalker looked like it was aiming towards and, and then, then just didn't in the final like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I like the Jedi Order, like I want the Jedi Order. I do believe that the Jedi Order can't be as like stringent uh, conservative dogmatic. monastic dogmatic is the word that I'm looking for. Like, you know, you, you have to allow, I, I was reading in a high Republic thing where they talk about the wayfinders, which are Jedi that are like, ain't going to listen to the fucking high council peace. Right. And they go either like meditate on a mountain or join rebellions or one became a minor singing sensation on Alderaan. Like just go, that's what the Jedi should fucking be. There's, yeah. There's one story that you can interpret as Sith good. I don't like that interpretation, but I see where people get that. Mm-hmm. There's one that's very much more in line with uh, there needs to be balance and you need to strive for the light, but that doesn't mean that dark isn't going to happen. There's another one that's like, well, I mean, that this person so- has darkened their past and they can't pretend that it wasn't there. Well, the the thing you said before that of darkness happens, that's fucking the plot of last Jedi that right. everyone fucking missed. Um, right. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but, Oh, they're good. Dude. The first one, especially I really dig. It's called Sith. I don't know if they should like, I agree with what seems to be their choice of we're going to put the strongest episode first, or if they should save that. I know. I, I agree. Cause I do feel like the strong overall strongest was this first one. And it seems like it's happened both seasons so far, but and I get it. You want to come in with a bang, but you also don't like, it makes every other weaker episode feel more weaker, more weak. Mm-hmm. I just don't, Honestly, the last one is kind of beautiful. It just didn't it, it didn't reach out to me as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, having only seen first season, there's only two episodes that I remember not 
liking, and one of them I still thought was well done. Was, well, let me think. The twins was meh. The, the the one the twins where they were fighting on top of the Star Destroyer and stuff did not like that episode. I yeah. think it's the weakest episode of possibly Disney Star Wars stuff. Uh, I mean, it was fine. I kind of enjoyed it, but like, yeah. And then the other one was the little droid boy that wants to be a Jedi. Uh, Had very like Mega Man feels. It was well done. It was very pretty. I just my it it's only like twenty minutes long, and my attention wandered like four times. That was almost my biggest problem with the the Wallace and Gromit one. Whereas I was like, this is fine, but my attention's wandering because it's it's super trope heavy. You kind of know the story as soon as they set it up. Fair enough. To go along with even more animation, I saw the Mario Brothers movie. How was it? I enjoyed watching this movie more than I enjoyed the latest Evil Dead. It was a fucking blast. I was getting way more emotional in that movie than I thought I was going to. At kind of a weird sequence, too, because it was like the training montage sequence. I, as much as we have made fun of Chris Pratt in this movie, I still really want to see this movie because everything else we watched, I was like, yeah, I'm into it. He is putting on a bit of a voice. They basically chose all the clips in the trailers where he sounds most like himself. Where Chris Pratt was his most Chris Pratt? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh... Same, weirdly you, the same, <laughs> yeah, weirdly the same with uh, Jack Black. He's putting on more of a voice than it seems like in the trailers. I'm not usually a, like, people on the red carpets fashion, but Jesus Christ, the, like, Bowser jacket that he had made for that was so good. It was really good. Like, not, okay. It it's was, not world-changing It's good, not world-changing like, good, but, like, I had a great time. The animation was great. Like, the way they interpreted some of the shit that you do in the games was is fantastic. Um, like, that's where I started kind of getting emotional was uh, there's a training montage sequence where Princess Peach is basically putting Mario through, like, a Mario level. Yeah, we saw, they showed a little bit of it in the trailer. And when you're watching that for, like, two minutes straight and your brain starts, like, realizing what it is he's doing. You're like, this is, this is what I did the entire, t- this is what I was doing growing up. Like, um, it, it's kind of, it's kind of the best version of like when you're a kid on a road trip and you're imagining the little guy running along the fucking. Yeah. Cause we've all done that. Oh yeah. It was a dog thing for me, but yeah, you, you know what I'm saying though? It's like the best version of that. No, totally. Um, they really lean into like finding places to to pay tribute to like the 2d aspect and like the side scrolling platforming that makes sense that was a that's a warner brothers movie i'm sorry uh, i asked you that i don't I, I don't know who the parent company on illumination is these okay days. i just i'm trying to think of who it's gonna come out right with. like yeah okay probably hbo max or netflix um they did like they did the dk rap when Donkey Kong first DK comes out, Donkey Kong, it's it was amazing. Everyone was like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of just like there is a lot of like fan service and Easter eggs, but they do a good job of keeping it in the background and not stuff that you like have to notice. Yeah, not kicking down the door with the Easter eggs. I get that. Yeah, it's no, just it's like in Mario's room. There's like he's playing, like he's sitting down and playing Kid Icarus at one point. Jesus Christ. 
Um, and if you're like just paying attention to some of the, uh, he works at the punt or works. No, he doesn't work there. He's like getting pizza at the very beginning at the punch out pizzeria. Oh, yeah. While in the background, somebody dressed as Jumpman is playing a Jumpman cabinet and is dressed and is voiced by Charles Martinet. Oh, so uh, NES love is going full NES love in this. I get it. I dig it. Um, I want to see it again. Probably not in theaters, but I like as soon as it drops on video, I will be watching it again on my TV. It'd be a fun episode for us to do. We've not. I mean, we've done a video game episode, but it was fucking Zelda way, way back in the day. I, I would honestly compare it to Detective Pikachu. Way better than it has any right to be, and super willing to rewatch it. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the bet. Like I've heard good reviews, just nonstop. Uh, a friend of both of ours at work, Jordan, has That's talked very... Yeah, that does not surprise me in the slightest. It was his third time. That also does not surprise me in the slightest. Uh, but he's really talked it up. But the Detective Pikachu comparison is where I went, all right, I'm in. I, I We were... There, there was three of us that went to it with Jordan yesterday that hadn't seen it. And we were all like, oh, wow. No, they actually really... They kind of nailed out of the it. Fucking park. They yeah, actually kind of nailed it. Um, the only, honestly, and this is a weird gripe. The only thing I didn't like was just uh, so they work in all the old music cues into the score, mm-hmm. and it's a really well done score. But I kind of wish they wouldn't have messed around with some of the music cues as much as they do. Like they have to to fill it out to make it like a full orchestral like movie score arrangement. But some of it, I'm just like, I recognize that, but that's not where that chord change goes. It's like in Rogue One, it was the first Star Wars movie to not have Dave Williams do the... Mm, John uh, Williams. John Williams, thank you. I knew it was wrong as soon as I said it. John Williams do the uh, the score... And I kept having moments where it would like start up John Williams style and then it would like shift to the right. And I'd be like, but no, no, no come, oh, come on. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like Koji Kondo, Koji Kondo, and then a little bit off. And I'm like, uh, I'm not sure if I like that. Let's see. Um, I'm sorry. Do you have anything else? I don't think I do. I mean, other than I'm probably going to, and we'll, We'll talk more about this in a second, but I'm probably going to start rereading Dune again. Yeah. Just to get it in before the movie drops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I got to rewatch that movie, too. I got that big fucking screen now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be mm, so into it. Um, all right. So I had a big local Belagar thing, so I've been pretty busy the last week, so I haven't had as much time as I've wanted to get into stuff. Uh, I did read... I read a couple of comics, mostly Marvel stuff, just to balance out. The, if, if we have a week where I'm reading a bunch of, like, DC stuff for an episode, anytime that I'm reading something that's not for the episode, it tends to be, like, the other company or a third company. So I read, I finally read, I, you look like you're... I remembered one other thing. No, no, I was, please go for it. Sorry, I, I wanted to bring this up because I think that you'd actually be interested in this, too. Um, I just didn't think about it because it's, it's going to be kind of a weirdly long read. Uh, I signed up this year for an uh, email subscription list called Dracula Daily. 
And if for those of you that don't know, the novel Dracula is written as a series of uh, diary entries and letters between the characters. Mm -hmm. So they're all dated. So this sends you the chapters on the dates that they occur. That's incredible. So it, it has already started. I've gotten about three of them. But, like, it takes place over, like, five or six months. So you could still potentially get in on it and, like, ride it out till the end. Oh, that's really cool. So that's actually been a lot of fun. Oh, I might have to do that. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, that's actually been a lot of fun. I wanted to make sure to bring it up because, I, like I said, I thought that you'd be into it. If yeah, we, no, yeah. that's exactly the kind of nerd shit I'm into. Yeah. Um, okay, so I finally I had picked this up a while ago because... Um, Al Ewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Ewing did an Ant-Man miniseries, I think, to align with Quantum Mania, and he just did a Wasp one afterwards. And the Wasp one's not in a collected edition yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Like, actually more, I, I think Wasp is a far superior character to Ant-Man. I'll agree, especially after doing a bunch of research <laughs> right? a yeah. few weeks ago. No, Wasp actually kicks ass. But this one was, like, it took multiple different Ant-Men from the different eras. And it's a time travel loop-de-loop adventure that involves Scott Lang or uh, uh, Hank Pym, Scott Lang and Eric O'Grady, who was the irredeemable Ant-Man from like 2005. Something Riley Brown, I want to say is the artist. He's a great artist who doesn't get a whole lot of, he's not like a superstar artist, but anytime I read something with his art, I'm like, Oh, you're really fucking good at this. Okay. You are like, mm-hmm. you could be bigger. I'm not sure why you're not, but he did a really interesting thing of, he altered his style to fit the kind of artist that would have been in like the book. Oh, okay. So in, um, the Hank Pym one, it is designed to look like the 1960s and it uses old school, like 1960s Hank Pym villains in uh uh on that note unicorns warrior eternal the trailers didn't show it that much very fleischer inspired Ooh, fleischer's amazing so i'm super into that also zero surprise that gendy tartavosky likes fleischer yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know fleischer did a bunch of hand-painted cartoons most famously uh a bunch of superman stuff that helped kind of define how we think of Superman in physical forms in like animated forms. It's just like the very obvious old school cartoony where they don't really like, I feel like there's a difference between stylized and cartoon. And this is more on the cartoon side, Mm, maybe a bit of Hanna-Barbera or Mm -hmm. in the Eric O'Grady era, uh, an artist named Phil Hester did all of the, uh, for irredeemable aim and he did some like Grendel stuff mm-hmm. he's great I love Phil Hester the art mimicking Phil Hester's was so fucking good that I thought they hired Phil Hester onto the book for the Eric O'Grady sections until I was reading closer and went like that's not quite right but for like four pages it's like I didn't know Hester did this I follow everything Hester does the book itself is so-so. I mean, all of the creators are really good. They do the best that they can, but it's still fucking Ant-Man. And I'm sorry, but Ant-Man is a okay character at best. Mm-hmm. Especially when you don't put the wasp in it. 
But, I mean, Al Ewing is probably one of the most talented writers in Marvel's wheelhouse. It's him and Jed McKay, in my opinion, right now. So that's good. Like, it, it, it's a solid, well-written. If you enjoy Ant-Man, you're going to fucking love it. Um, it led to, because he used a character in a... Uh, he did a book called Avengers Ultron Forever, which I ended up reading after this, because it is a, an Ultron that has succeeded in taking over so much that he took over Odin and became the Allfather. So it's Allfather Ultron. And it was just a character. It was like the big villain in... Ultron forever, but they never explained how it got to that point, mm-hmm. how Ultron got upgraded to that level. And then years later, he comes back. Alan Ewing comes back to tell that story in the middle of an Ant-Man story. Okay. And they successfully do a thing that I appreciate of here is, um, an Ant-Man who, because the Scott or the Hank Pym from this book is from before he created Ultron. You get to see Hank Pym deal a little bit with Ultron and some of the like trauma of that without the endless Hank Pym meets Ultron stories became boring as fuck after a while just because they all did the same goddamn story because Hank Pym created Ultron. Yada da 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 here rinse and repeat. Having now him... Ultron's winning me games and snap. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I've been fucking around with the Patriot deck, so Turns out Patriot and Ultron go together. Strange. Yeah. (laughs) Marvel Snap has some of the combos like, these are great. You're like, I don't know. Like, there's no way to make this work in universe canon explanation, like uh, Bucky and Carnage, but... Some of them weirdly make a lot of sense, though. My favorite might be Gambit. Who do you put Gambit with? Well, no, just the way Gambit works. His, I haven't gotten so his on reveal is you discard a card and it destroys one of the <laughs> opponent's cards on their board. And so the animation is it grabs your card and flings it. Oh my god. Oh, I'm so angry all of a sudden. Oh, that is good though. Gambit throws a fucking card. Um anyways, this reading the the, the Al Ewing Ant-Man series led back to I've been going through a jump of different Avengers miniseries where they do one of my favorite Avengers things of the, 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 the kind of tagline of the Avengers is there came a day where evil rose that no single hero could face or something like that. I, I butchered that line, but you get the idea of what I'm saying. I love little miniseries that instead of forming a permanent Avengers team, it's just various superheroes and enough of them are mainstay Avengers or have been Avengers that like, seven heroes get thrown together and they're like, I guess we're the Avengers now. Um, cool. <laughs> Let's do this. And so I've been reading those. I read, uh, Ultron forever. I am slowly working through, I think it's time runs out. There was two that came out and one was a big team up of the different Avengers books that were running at the time. Uh, uncanny Avengers, uh, uh, us Avengers. And I don't remember what the fucking third one was. And then there was a follow-up to that that was, instead of a big team-up book, a what I was just talking about, like, temporary Avengers team to face a specific threat. And it also led me to reading the original Avengers Forever. Rereading. Because mm-hmm. I've read that book, like, 15 times. It's really good. Makes me miss Carlos Pacheco, who died early this year, late last year. Fantastic artist. 
And because apparently this is Al Ewing week and I didn't even really recognize that I was doing that, it's got me started on, I had been reading his uh, Guardians of the Galaxy run, but fell off of it because the next issue wasn't out yet. And then it just got lost mm-hmm. in the shuffle. But they released a Guardians of the Galaxy Al Ewing collection that just has everything he did. They had uh, a Rocket Raccoon miniseries that he wrote that I hadn't read, but I really wanted to because it's Rocket does a heist mission and his entire Guardians run. I was like, well, guess I'm getting back on that because it's probably the best Guardians run since the original Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning run of the... When I say guard, I obviously mean like this team of guardians, yeah. the the Star Lord Gamora mm-hmm. group. I think there's most oh uh, most recent episode of Ted Lasso. You and I talked a little bit about this in person, but not recording because you haven't still watched the episode yet. Right now, that should be happening tonight. Um, it is a well written episode. It handles things in pretty good ways. It is my least favorite episode of the series. I. It bothers me, and I'm not even saying anything was written. I just, I feel like they're heading characters in a direct, two specific characters in a direction that I do not agree with. And then some stuff happened that in some cases was leading up to happening, going to happen, but it was just uncomfortable. Okay. Um, I will say, and this is a minor spoiler and not a big enough one to matter. There is a scene that's funny, but it's, Nate tries to make his own version of the Diamond Dogs where he works. Oh. I think he calls it the Love Hounds. It was so uncomfortable, I had to leave the room. Oof. Okay. I don't handle uncomfortable on TV very well. So, like, I was just like, well, already had to pee. Time to go do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Cece loved it because I could hear her from the bathroom laughing her ass off. It's Ted Lasso. It's still pretty good. There was multiple moments I legitimately liked, and we got a lot of time with Keely. Fucking love Keely, so it's great. We also have two fucking episodes left. So they either need to start tying some shit up. Or admit that something. Or admit that there's another season coming. Mm-hmm. I don't care which one. That does remind me that Barry started back up, and I've been watching that. And it's been, it's also in its final season, and it has been very obvious it's in its final season. Mm-hmm. The show is heavy. Still funny. Ooh, this, ooh, it's been dark, though. Ted Lasso has dropped some episodes I fucking loved. The one where they're in, what is it, Denmark? Oh, yeah, the Amsterdam episode. Amsterdam, that's it. I That's one of my favorite episodes of the series. There's been some great stuff. I do agree that this season feels disjointed as all fucking hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It hasn't been bad. I've been enjoying every episode, but it's felt all over the place. Yeah. Every other season with the, ex- I mean, season two had a couple like, we're going to kick down the old door and do a fellow Christmas episode, but I like the episode. So who cares? Mm-hmm. Oh, I've watched that episode so much lately. Yeah. Or fucking beard after hours, which is a beautiful, strange episode. But like there feels like there's a tightly woven plot. Season three, who knows? They got two episodes left. Maybe they will, but it kind of, as much as I'm enjoying it, as much as I continue to roll my eyes at every fucking review seems to be like, Ted Lasso's bad now. The focus is not there this season. Well, then maybe it's time we focus on some trailers. <laughs> that was a segue. That was good. <laughs> I liked that. Uh, okay, so let's just go in the order that we watched them. So, yeah, so I've watched the Dune trailer like 10 times this week. 
Yeah, I watched it on my big projector screen at least once, twice, three times. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, it's it's fucking dude, man. Like the first one was awesome. The first one convinced me that you could adapt Dune. Yeah. I was not convinced you could do that. I've been reading some of the different comment sections under some of the, the postings about it and stuff, and it's just been so funny how excited some of the people are and just being like, wow, I can't believe they showed the the worm writing in the trailer. Like, what are they holding back? And they people being like... They kind of showed the worm writing in the trailer. <laughs> and people pointing out like, Yo, that's not even the craziest worm riding in the second half. True. That said, when he first rides the worm is one of the best scenes in any Dune thing I've ever seen. Like, yes. it's just... Stilgar looks like... Stilgar has something that I appreciate that we didn't get from Stilgar in the book. And Stilgar's one of my favorite characters in all of Dune is him being like, for the love of fucking Christ, Paul. Like, being slightly <laughs> exasperated? <laughs> Because he's having to deal with Paul. <laughs> and, like, I mean, even in the book, there's this moment where he uh, Paul realizes that Stilgar is now, like, completely devoted to Paul. Mm-hmm. We'll do whatever Paul does. And he, and Paul is depressed about this because he views it as, what's the quote, a lessening of the man. Yeah. That he's at, like, in the process of doing what he feels like he has to do to save all of humanity. He made... Stilgar into a follower instead of like a proud leader in his own right. That is something Stilgar deserved to be. Mm -hmm. That scene has the potential to have more impact. If we get a little more of Stilgar being like, Paul, Paul, I swear to fucking God, you're married to my daughter. Please stop being a dick. Chani has a personality. Chani didn't have a personality in the fucking book. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Even ignoring the David Lynch terrible masterpiece where she barely existed. Johnny exists to have someone for Paul to love and fail to make babies with until it causes her death. Spoiler alert for a book (laughs) that came out in like 1970. We get our first view of Fade. I have trouble viewing Fade as anyone other than Sting because I watched David Lynch's before I read the book. Mm -hmm. I have never been scared of Fade Rutha before. Fade creeps me the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah, bro. In this. It looks like we see part of his uh, gladiator duel um, Getty Prime. I will get... No, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. yeah, no, it's the one where he gets introduced to Count Fenring. Yeah, okay. And the, do we... Okay, this is this is going to get in the weeds and maybe spoilers for people. In fairness, I haven't read Dune in a long time, so... Right, but like, do you remember if we find out in Dune that Fenring's Bene Gesserit... Uh, did it with fade or do we not find that out to like Messiah or children? Cause that seems to definitely be happening here. I don't remember. I, but I remember that at some point it was revealed that she was given orders to preserve his the lineage. Blood. Yeah. yeah. Cause they were desperately trying to save, uh, their admittedly not very good plan 
from Jessica going fucking rogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Lady Jessica so much. But I just can't remember if that was revealed in Dune or if that was revealed in, like, Messiah. I am going to say Messiah. That feels like something that would come up later. Well, because we, we actually get chapters with Fenring and Messiah, don't we? I've read Oof. Messiah once, and it was like nine years ago. So, God, I'm trying to... Anyway. Anyway, I was just like, oh, I know what's going on here, but I don't think this was revealed in the first one. Ooh. Ooh. We see Princess Irulan, which I don't... Did we see her in the first no. one? Okay. No, she wasn't even cast until this one, so... Now, Irulan is... <clears throat> Incredibly important character in the first two books, especially the first book. But we don't. She only but she's appears only... for like a chapter. <laughs> yep. But she intros every single. We say chapter. They don't really do proper chapters in books. But between like major scene changes, for the most part, they will mm-hmm. have from the writings of Irulan because she writes like fifteen books about Paul. She's a fascinating character to me, and I always was like. Okay, Paul, I know that you love Shawnee and that you married her for political reasons, but you have to be nicer to Irulan because she's actually super fucking cool. Like, and she backs your ass up in ways that she did not have to. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> she's got minor Benny Gesserit training. Like, it's gonna... I'm curious how they're gonna do Aaliyah. As I told you at work, I don't know if they can make her creepier than the David Lynch version. Fair. That's just everything about that is like fucking nightmare fuel to me. And I'm I'm sure they'll do better versions, but that kid was so fucking creepy. And since we it's one of the things we didn't get to see, I can't wait to see Christopher Walken as Emperor Shaddam the Fourth. God, he's getting pretty old now, too. Mm-hmm. So that's so weird. That's the casting that I'm like, I don't hmm. I'm not saying it's bad. I just am not sure how to like wrap my head around it. My Muad'Dib, you're talking to him all wrong. <laughs> you do it again. I'll stab your eyes with a nice pick. With a Chris knife. <laughs> stab your eyes with a Chris knife. That's good. Yeah. I'll call my Sadaqa to break your legs. Does your Bene Gesserit sew? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's. It is a bit of casting that I'm like, oh, I'm going to think of the actor before I think of the character in the same way that Jason Momoa's Duncan Idaho. But Jason Momoa made such a fun Duncan Idaho. I will say, and we talked about this in the first. God, one, I hope we get Messiah. Sorry. The, I'm not. This, this series is like a strange mix of utterly devoted to the books, but also willing to to add in the personal in ways that. Let's be honest, Frank Herbert was not the best at. Right. Frank Herbert creates a great ongoing sci-fi epic, but not unlike Jonathan Hickman, who makes great ongoing comic book epics, he doesn't always understand the two characters sit down and have distinct personalities. Portions of writing. He's really good at psychedelic type visions, though. Yeah, bud. I mean, there's a reason it's one of my favorite novels of all time. I'm... So that's, I'm curious how the water life sequence is going to play out, how they're going to show um, I'm the here. extent of his heritage. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> his heritage is gross. <laughs> I'm curious where they got 
that much fucking wicker for that, like, life-size or person-size wicker basket that they're carrying someone around in. Which, uh, kind of love the design on that, where it looks like uh, a maker head. Yeah, no, the whole thing is fucking cool. I'm just saying that literally a single tree, like, wood is supposed to be literally the most valuable thing on Arrakis, and the fucking desert nomads are like, we have a wicker basket. Look, person-sized wicker basket. It makes sense, especially if it's going to be for, like, the water of life or, like, the the Reverend Mother. It makes Mm -hmm. a kind of sense, but also, like, God, what is preserving that, like... Oh, it's going to be epic. It needs to be here. Mm-hmm. I want to be watching it right now. Now, he said he wanted to do a third movie that's basically Dune Messiah. I, th- I, I'm i pretty sure he's hinted at, like, being willing to go to Messiah if everyone else is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want him to go through God Emperor, but I understand that Leto 2 might be a hard fucking sell for the bit. Like, not for me. I want your strange worm, man. Yeah. Right? <laughs> But, yeah, it's, we'll see. I, Messiah still would work. Oh, yeah, no. You could end at Messiah and be good. I just want the strange worm, man. Also, I want a lot more Duncan Idaho hate. Just Duncan Idaho. Mm-hmm. And, man, the f- poor fucking Duncan in God Emperor was just like, what is even happening anymore? Last memory I had, I was fucking hanging out with Paul. (laughs) (laughs) We're so far in the future. Uh, What else did we watch? Into the Spider-Verse. No, uh, Enter the Spider-Verse. Across the the Spider-Verse. Yeah, Across the Spider-Verse. I mean, whatever. We've seen the other two trailers were better. Yes. At this point, it sure seems like, as we've talked about, they're going to make Miles decide, but, like, they're trying to set up so Miles's dad will die to, like, the the spiders, whatever, mm-hmm. to, to empower him or to, like, motivate him. But they don't fucking need to. Like, that's the part that they keep missing beyond the fact that, one, they just don't need to. And two, as we covered last time, already happened with Uncle Aaron. Yeah. We that's don't. happened. Yeah. Fuck you. I don't like that uh, Spidey 2099 seems to be as hardcore as he is, but, like, fair enough. I love Spidey 2099, so I'll watch it. And we know he's not going to be the antagonist the entire time. Not permanently, at least, yeah. The Scar... They've they've definitively shown old-school Ben Riley Scarlet Spider a couple of times. And they have this thing of, like, a secret... They haven't announced who's voice acting him. And I read a thing being like, we're not going to tell because it's going to make people lose their fucking minds. And I'm trying to think because there's a couple of people. I could see original Spider-Man animated series guy. Neil Patrick Harris voiced Spider-Man a couple of times, which would be fun. I'm thinking it's going to be Chris Pine. Oh, because the Scarlet, the the, the Spider-Man that died in the first one. That would make sense. Had some real hardcore Ben Riley stuff going on with him anyways, down Mm -hmm. to like the blonde. They also are like, this is going to be the longest animated feature ever released at two hours and 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, on one hand, that's going to be a gorgeous two hours and 20 minutes. On the other hand, fucking knock it off. <laughs> Especially because it's going to be half a fucking story. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I am most worried about on this one. Two-part movies like this are, so, I mean, you can do it. So far, Dune 
<laughs> just fucking talking about it. We don't. We haven't seen the second half yet, so we don't know. But like, but Jesus, it looks like. But also, the fucking second Pirates of the Caribbean that ended with a to be continued that almost made me throw things at the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the end of Halo Two, getting there the first time. We made it to Earth. Credits. It's just, especially with a movie. Like I don't know. I want an Empire Strikes Back. Yes, you were entirely setting up for Jedi, but you're still telling a complete story in your own right. That's what they have to make sure they're accomplishing mm-hmm. with Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Um, I mean, I have faith that they're going to get it done. But It'll be fine. It'll. I have no worries whatsoever. Yeah. it's. I have faith they'll get it done. Just because I have faith doesn't 100% mean it's going to happen, though. I want to say they could drop the ball, and I hope not. I fucking hope not. But. I don't expect it to be as good as the first one, but the first one was fucking lightning in a bottle. Like, that is just some magic. But the animation style has been so universally pretty in everything that I've seen that I don't fucking care. I'm just going to keep enjoying it. Uh, Fubar. Looks fun. It is the first Arnold Schwarzenegger TV show of all time. He's only done movies. Mm-hmm. I like Old Man Arnold. Which is interesting to realize because I have never given a fuck about Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. See, I I grew up a big Arnie fan. It was one of those things me and my friends were just like, if it's Arnold, we're going to watch it. Which led to some like amazing times, like super late night watching Hercules in New York. Oh boy, even he doesn't like talking about that one. Uh, and of course, <laughs> and we had the version where he was dubbed, which yeah, made I was it even say, funnier. Wasn't that the, they, there is two versions of it. And you, there is one where you can hear him because like his accent's thick, but it's not that bad. Like you can understand what he's saying, but there is also one where he is dubbed the entire time and it is fucking hilarious. <laughs> so I don't, I mean, I, I dig Arnie. I dig bad Arnie, like jingle all the way. I'm there. So like I'm I'm for this. Uh it looks like it's a lot of fun. Nothing especially stood out to me, but like at the same time I I think I'm going to have a great time watching it. It reminded me that I always wanted to watch that movie he made with Ryan Reynolds. What was that? Killing Gunther or something like uh, that. Something like that. That's one I haven't seen yet. It looked fun and in the same way that this one looks, fun, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger being an old guy action hero that's aware that he's kind of a goof. I'm much more interested in than like, I'm not knocking predator. I understand why it's an important movie, but like, I don't fucking give a shit about like overly serious eighties tough guy. Arnold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Gunther one and Molly are the two big ones I'm missing. I don't know Molly, but this it's, he has a daughter that's turning into a zombie. It's actually supposed to be kind of like a slow moving drama ish piece. It's a wild choice for fucking <laughs> Arnie. Um, did we watch any others? We watched it? Sisu. Oh, yeah, which, which it's out already. We just watched the trailer. Yeah, because we it's one of the ones that we missed. It is a... You said Finnish man? Yeah. It's a Finnish man killing Nazis. Yeah, I, I have a... I have a couple friends that have already went... That went and saw it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And their praise was like... Rambo meets John Wick killing Nazis. 
like it's, 10 out of 10 instant cult classic. They said gory, but fun and just campy. Yeah, it looks like a Splatterfest movie, which I don't usually go for. But like, if you're going to do that, killing Nazis is the way to fucking do it. I mean, plus, I mean, <laughs> what other movie where in the trailer you have somebody just getting brained by a fucking land thrown landmine? <laughs> Or fucking a dude setting himself on fire to kill Nazis. Like, the whole... Yeah, it, it is. I'm probably going to be seeing it within the week. I'm excited for it. I'm probably going to see it. It made me think of Inglorious Bastards, which was not a movie that I cared for, but Cece loved it. And this... So, if this makes me think of that, then cool. Also, as I've mentioned, I got a giant fuck all projector thing, so I'm a lot more willing to watch stupid shit now just because it's pretty. No, that's fair. That's fair. I'll play Marvel Snap, whatever. <laughs> uh, that's it for now for trailers, right? We yeah. didn't watch any others? No, it was kind of a slow yeah. stuff for trailers. This section that we're doing, these like little mini episodes, trailer mini episodes, we don't know how long they're going to be. This is probably one of the longer ones because we also did ingesting. I mean, there might be entire weeks where we just don't have one because they don't fucking release trailers. But as I said, wanted to get you some content. So I guess thank you for listening. Yeah, whenever we see one we want to talk about, this is how we're going to be doing it. So, And we might actually start watching more because tra- there's always been this like balance of like, we have like five trailers already. Right. Do we want to fucking, but that's a good trailer or like, so we might allow ourselves a little more trailer times and, you know, hopefully have less two and a half hour long episodes. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, anyways, in the meantime, we're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. Dismissed. Hi, everybody. General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it, as the whole world is around on algorithms, and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. Uh, also, I mean, tell your friends, we always appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, email us generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. Uh, while you're there, check out all of our back catalog or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. Uh, go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earvrm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.